Super Talk Mississippi media production. If you're feeling anxious about your investments with all the economic volatility and chaos in Washington, tune in to Super Talk Jackson on Wednesdays from 9 to 10 a.m. and Sundays from 8.30 to 9.30 a.m. for Element Wealth Radio with Jeremy Nelson. Learn more at myelementwealth.com. This is Rebecca Turner, and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Well, I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. You're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Well, I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now, here's Rebecca. Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. We are tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. Don't forget, you can listen to good things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Super Talk Mississippi app. And of course, you can always find us too on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. And today we're going to talk about the Great Race, which is the world's premier old car rally. It's bringing 120 of the world's finest antique auto- automobiles to town. And joining us is Jeff Stubb. He's the director of the Great Race. Great race is joining us. So, hey, Jeff. Hey, Rebecca. How's the weather wherever you are? Because I don't think you're in Mississippi. Have you had a dry day? It, it's been dry I'm in Chattanooga, Tennessee, the headquarters of the Great Race. But I'm heading out to St. Augustine, Florida, this weekend for the start of our event uh, next Saturday, June 24th, and. I imagine it'll be hot and humid. Yes, so not much will change once y'all make it to Mississippi, just letting you know know that. Give us some background on Great Race, Jeff. Um, It sounds like this has been going on since 19, or you tell me how long it's been going on. Yes, since 1983, this is our 40th year. And basically, it's an old car race across the country each year, and every year is a different route. Uh, last year was Rhode Island to North Dakota. Uh, the year before that, it was uh, San Antonio to Greenville, South Carolina. And the year before that, it was Riverside, California to Tacoma, Washington. And uh, we had a big gap in our uh, in our map in, in the last 10 years that kind of stretched across Alabama, Mississippi, Arkansas, and Kansas. And we decided we would do this Florida to Colorado route this year. So we have 120 antique automobiles, uh, the oldest being uh, a couple of 1916 automobiles, a 1916 Hudson and a 1916 Chevrolet. And we have a lot of cars that people have never heard of these days that were made back in the day, like an American LaFrance. We have a uh, 1917 American LaFrance fire engine that's actually chain-driven. Uh, so it's just a, a really incredible and and unique bunch of, of automobiles and people from all over the world. We have teams come in from Japan, Germany, England, Australia, all over Canada and all over the United States. And uh, we, just, we just have a lot of fun. There's 525 people in our entourage and and uh, we'll be slashing through Mississippi on uh, on Tuesday, June the 26th. 
which will be in Tupelo, Mississippi. Jeff, you call it a race, and then I know you're going to be driving highways and byways and all the things. Is race sort of figurative, or is there actually like a time component to it? Or is it more of like, you know, it's just the journey and you're calling it a race? Or is there actual like you're trying to beat a time or beat each other? It's a time speed distance rally, which means the, the team that does it the most accurately is the winner. But it is a race in that there is, there are winners and there are losers. The winner of this event will get $50,000. That's no gold medal. I mean, that's like a real gold medal, but that's no like that's participation really. trophy. That's like a big deal. It's no coupon to Subway. Yeah, there's $160,000 in total prize money, but there's different divisions. Uh, to be the winning team, you probably have to, uh, the team that won last year, they won for the first time. They had probably done it six or seven years in a row uh, to get to the point where they could win it. Uh, but we also have different divisions for different levels of, of expertise. Uh, one, the, the most interesting division is the rookie division, where a rookie team might finish 47th overall, but they'll be the top finishing rookie team. And they, they win some prize money and nice trophies. And it's... Uh, not many people do it for the money. It is mostly for the fun, and they keep coming back because it is so fun. Because we see, you know, we're not even on we're not even on major highways, no interstates, not even a major highway. These are back roads that even the locals sometimes don't know about. And uh, we have a, a lunch stop every day on the on the route. It's a nine day, twenty four hundred mile event. So what we what you could do in your car, your modern car, in four hours, it'll take us ten hours to do to do that, because we're not going just straight down the interstate or even a highway. We're zigging and zagging the just most beautiful back roads of America, and we we stop in in towns that most of the people have have never been to on our event. I can assure you that eighty plus percent of the people on this event have never been to Tupelo, Mississippi. And I'm going to guess the the way they're going to get there is going to be up the Natchez Trace. So now this is making more sense to me, Jeff. I'm just learning about the great race, which I'm sure many listening to good things are too. And I'm like, okay, so this is how it works. This is how you sort of, when you said who can do it the most effectively or efficiently is the one that wins. And every redneck listening that knows their back roads have said, I could do this. I know exactly the route through my hometown that's going to get you X, Y, and Z without getting on, you know, a, a four lane or getting on sort of the interstate. So that makes it way more interesting for the teams, right? They're probably researching these states, these smaller towns and communities long before they ever come on the 24th and line up to to take out, right? Yeah, but they still don't know the route until we only give them their instructions that morning, 30 minutes before they head out. And each car does the same route, but they do it one minute apart. So there'll be an old car every minute for two hours heading down the road, like a train of old cars throughout the countryside. And it's it, it's really kind of neat. And uh, uh, the, 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 the back roads, the scenery, and then we get to come into these towns. So Tupelo's a lunch stop on, uh, on Tuesday. Let me make sure I'm telling you. Monday, June 26th at noon, the first car will arrive at Veterans Park in Tupelo, just behind Elvis Presley's birthplace. 
and a new car will arrive every minute, and each car will get to stay for an hour. So they get to get out, stretch their legs, talk with the spectators. This is free to the public. I mean, what's free anymore? This is a the most unique thing you could ever see, and it's free. And the people just love it. And they love to talk to the drivers and the navigators because most people wouldn't even ride in these cars across town, much less across the country. And so they're fascinated by it. And they, so they, they, they love, the racers love talking to the, the local people and they'll get a, they'll get some, something to eat. The good folks at Tupelo were providing lunch that day and then they'll head back out. So as the first car has been there for an hour and is leaving, the middle car of the pack is just arriving. And when they're there for an hour and just leaving, the last car will be pulling in. Theoretically, if everybody does everything correctly, uh, which uh, most of them do. They do it as close to uh, a perfect time as they can. And by the end of the day, the winning team will only be off five or six or seven seconds off of a perfect score from what we have prescribed for them to do so cool what a cool sort of way to integrate hobbies of you know traveling learning new communities but also with your you know your antique car or probably a family member or just love a sort of figuring out a puzzle it feels like a really big sort of puzzle too to yes. kind of put together and that way a lot of different things to sort of stimulate the brain going on at once jeff have you ever driven what's your car that you've done the uh, great race with well, I started competing in 1994, and uh, we used a 1916 Hudson. And uh, in 2010, I stopped competing and then started running the event. So I've been the director of the event uh, going on uh, 13 years now. Really cool. If we want to stay updated with all the stops, maybe we're interested in doing it one year or getting getting more involved or at least coming out in Tupelo when y'all stop Monday to the twenty sixth. How do we how do we find out more about that, Jeff? Uh greatrace dot com has everything that you would ever want to know about the great race. It also will what during the event We'll have uh, thousands of pictures, all of the results from each day, because each day is its own individual race. So it's like a NASCAR season packed into nine straight days. So you could not win a single day, but be the overall winner of the event because it's consistency. So if you're second or third every day, you're probably going to win the event. So it's uh, it, it's it's kind of neat that somebody will have a good day and they'll finish first, and the next day they'll finish seventy uh, eighth. Uh, well, you well, piqued not, my interest, no Jeff. Definitely piqued my interest. <laughs> I hope folks come out and celebrate this coming through Tupelo for the first time. Go to Great Race. You said what was the website? GreatRace.com. All righty, Jeff. If y'all ever come back through Mississippi, you let us know. Okay. Good luck to you. Absolutely. Thank you, Rebecca. All right, you guys stick with us. We got more for you coming up next. Beat. 
positive and stories that make you smile. This is Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm. watch good things we are on computer your mobile device just head on over to supertalktv.com and don't forget today sports talk mississippi they're going to be at m trade park in oxford for the 2023 mississippi bomber summer southeast invite it's one of the biggest most prestigious softball tournaments in the country and it's happening right here in mississippi at m trade park you got 120 teams from 15 states that are will complete or compete excuse me and then last year there was over 85 college softball coaches in attendance to scout some of the best players in the country so it's going to be a great day and a great weekend there at m trade park in oxford so you can join the boys coming up after good things from three to six if you're in the area come on out i'm sure you'll get to what watch some softball is softball actually being played today will do you know i would or think so i mean what are they doing just sitting around talking about softball I don't <laughs> gearing know. up for I'm softball i'm sure they're playing it i'm not in the tournament uh realm i don't know if it's friday saturday sunday or if it's saturday and sunday or whatever it may be i just know it's going to be Hot, which is pretty much um, what temperature not all raining, the tournaments are. Absolutely, yes. You know, metal bats and lightning don't <laughs> always jive together in that way, but I'm sure they'll keep everybody safe. But no, we wouldn't want any rain. Thinking back to our guest who was just with us, Jeff, with a, with a great race, I find that incredibly cool. I was trying to figure out how it was an actual race. You have 120 antique cars, and you put them out over however many states they're going from Florida to, I think he said Kansas. I just know they're stopping in Tupelo. And then, like, on the highway, you're letting them just race for time? Yeah, a 1916 Hudson. It's probably not going very fast. I can't <laughs> I can't envision that getting up to 70 or 55 or maybe even 15. I don't know. So what you're telling me is, and you know, a good question I probably should have asked him was, what is your standard for an antique, right? Because what is the standard for an antique? It's like... 25, maybe 30 years. Some of you are holler, hollering at me. So 601-879-4395, which means every year a, 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 you know, a new year becomes or is considered antique. Um, I think we got, we got tickled one time because my first car, uh, 99 Sunfire, is it considered an antique yet? We said we were going to drive her until we could put an antique tag. Um, on it. So I think it's 20 years. Is it 20? I don't even know. I don't think they do the antique tag anymore. <gasps> I think they got rid of that. Well, that's unfortunate. It's like your medal of honor for having a car for however long. No, but they don't bring in tax revenue, so I think they got rid of it. <laughs> well, I could be wrong. I don't. I'm not quite sure, but uh, yeah, I think 20 years. So, so I failed in not asking. Maybe what is their where's their cutoff for antiques? Because yeah. if it was 20 years, like so, my 1999 Sun Chicken. She was Sunfire, but still, we called her Sun Chicken after so many years. You know, she could get up to 80, 90, you know, 100 miles. Not that I ever saw that on the interstate, Mom, but she could. And then you're thinking, that's kind of scary for folks to be racing. But if if cars back in the, what, 20s, 30s, and 40s, 50s only made it to 40, 50, 60 miles an hour, which I don't know. You guys would have to tell me, you car people. But um, then that makes it more sense. But when you take the level out of it and then you put them... Okay, you can't get on the interstates. You've got to figure out a way to get from point A to point B without ever getting on a four-lane or or on a interstate. How are you going to do it? Because there was once done, 
right? Like mm-hmm. before there were interstates, people figured out how to drive and there were smaller back roads that connected the cities and all the different things. And to me, if you are into puzzles and quizzes and maps and you'd actually have to like pull out a map, like because you couldn't map quest that. You couldn't go to Google Maps and I mean are they gonna show you do they have a back roads button? I don't think they do. Because they have the quickest route. And they have the most efficient route. And the most efficient route. And those two usually are... But they don't have the most scenic route. Most scenic route. Or the back roads route. Or whatever it may be. So you're going to actually have to, like, read a map. Could you imagine? Could you imagine having to get somewhere today and pull out and read a map? I'm trying to think of the last time I actually, like, printed out directions somewhere. I can't I, I can't remember the last time I used a map. I mean, I had to have been with my... Parents. So I had a job. Uh, one of my one of my um, early jobs was a lot of travel covered Mississippi and Louisiana, and that was back when you actually had to print out your map quest, right? And then you had it like on your dashboard yeah. or in your car. And looking back on that, it is it is a Christmas miracle that I ever made it anywhere. I also remember the Chris. It may have been Christmas or it was our anniversary, one of the two, that the husband came home and bought us. In air quotes, a Tom Tom. So you bought him uh-huh. a Tom Tom. Uh-huh. Y'all remember those things that changed uh-huh. how you're driving everything? You stuck it to the thing and then whatever. And then at some point, we all switched over to our phone sort of being our navigation device. And you can't even be American if you haven't gotten a fight with your phone's navigation device talker to you or and saying that's the wrong direct, you know, or question whether it's the right or sort of the wrong direction. But you don't. You don't have any way to really go against them because it's not like you're also comparing it with a real map. I do remember like going on trips with my folks, and I remember them breaking out the big map book. Mm-hmm. Not the one that you would put in the glove box. It was too big. The one that you kept underneath the seat, and you would break that thing out, and they would map out how we were getting this, you know, after so many miles, you know, you're going to have to, and they would set the odometer and they, mm-hmm. you know, so that they could know that, you know, after traveling 115 miles this direction, then we got to take a left. And and how quickly kind of those stuff. skills just sort of, because if, if I had to do that now or just MapQuest now, I think I would start to have a smile, a panic attack. You know, I could figure it out. I mean, the skills maybe come back to me, but the idea of thinking my daughter would have to do that to get anywhere. She'd never go anywhere. She would stay right there in our small little, you know, 20 mile radius of a town when that time comes. Or asking for directions. When's the last time anybody you had asked to, for directions? Unless you were in, in a town and got lost because you were trying to find, to trying to find something. My aunt had a convenience store. Uh, for many, many years. And, you know, we would work there and, you know, be there as, as kids during the summer. And I remember people would come in and they would ask for directions. I remember that was, you had to kind of know where things were. Even if I was, you know, a 10 year old kid, I would have to know, well, to get on the Natchez Trace, you got to go here, here, and here. What I love about those that live in small towns as country folks is if you've lived in your small town and your little area code or zip code for long enough and you grew up, there you know every road like you know them like and then if you move to somewhere else you lose that ability of like growing into the back roads right like you don't really know all the but if you 
like especially smaller towns that do have dirt roads or back roads, you, and you talk to one of the locals. I mean, they know every they know them by name. They know them by you know gravel spots that are loose when it's wet. I mean, yeah. all of it, which I think is you know which is really cool. I believe. Growing up, uh, there was a little convenience store where I lived, and it was the only one. And uh, we would go down there. You'd hang out because you didn't have anything else better to do. And there was a place, a little community in Chickasaw County, it's still there, called Sparta, Mississippi. And if you've ever watched In the Heat of the Night, mm. we I remember as a kid, people would come in there looking for the real, quote-unquote, real Sparta, Mississippi, thinking they're going to visit the set of the TV show. And I remember the locals would, would give them directions on Bless how it. to get to Sparta, Mississippi. There ain't nothing there. there. No. That'd be like now sending someone to Rodney, Mississippi. I think that's it. That's kind of like the ghost town that still yeah. has the, the buildings up or whatever. I think one of the funniest things, I've had the great pleasure of watching my dad sort of come into the technological age. He, um, in October, he'll be 80. So he's been real reluctant and resistant to technology. And one that he had the hardest time with was an actual um, device to sort of say directions. He gets so angry at that woman, and he would completely like not believe. <laughs> and finally, he realized that he could put it in at home on his phone, and then we showed him how to hit the button that showed it. So, so going into the trip, he now had a better idea of like what was coming. Like he needed, he needed yeah. to feel like prepared. So to send him off blind with just the, the thing talking to him, and he just, how does she know that? Like how? Do, <laughs> what if it's not? <laughs> what are her credentials? <laughs> and uh, I mean, it's been several years, and so I mean, he more comfortable with it. But it was just because he was the one who came from. I mean, you're talking about. Uh, you know, a former Marine who was able to hitchhike from here to California and back and, and, Chicago, and all the things with just street signs and maps. And then to be able to like, just trust, you're just going to trust, you're just going to trust her. I can remember thinking, yes, Daddy, you just, you, you put it in and you hit go and you just, you just listen to what she says. Well, I just, this is not going to end well. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think it's really, and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you're, you know, it's right. Sometimes you do not end up in the right place. And in fact, if you have a one of those locations, you find yourself telling people, "Don't put it in Google or whatever, whatever." It's going to take you to the wrong place. Those are fewer and far between, but it still will occasionally throw you off and take you down a road that you never thought. And we now live in a world where the little Google guy, Google Maps person, is just riding around all the time, yeah. tracking and doing all things. Who knew? All right, stick with us. It's Friday, so we got Tanya coming up next with movies. FM. Becca Turner. She looks healthy and sane. Good things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi.
don't guess Will didn't get the memo from Rhino today. Because this, this is not linked to not a Nair movie that's coming up this weekend, is it? Uh, I think it's in the Little Mermaid movie. <laughs> Welcome back to Good Things. Don't forget, you can watch us on your computer, your mobile device. Just head on over to supertalktv.com. And it's Fridays with Tanya in the house. And Will is take. I mean, not Will. Will is with us. But Ron is taking some time to be with his father on Father's Day weekend. But usually he teases us with a song that's connected to a movie that's coming up this weekend. And so I don't get any of them right, except for Mario and some of the other ones. <laughs> And I was thinking to myself, this is a trick. This can't yeah. be. <laughs> I'm trying to think what, well, I guess Tanya is here to tell us which movies are out, because I don't know. Yes, I, I agree. But, um, so no, that is not in any of the movies coming up. But there are some coming out this weekend, correct, Tanya? Yeah, there are a couple of big ones. Um, and then um, there's actually another one I haven't seen yet called The Blackening. And it's a satire movie about horror movies. You know how the the joke is. Um, the black character always gets killed first. Well, this movie is an all-black cast, so their uh, tagline for this movie is, who's going to die first? So anyway, that's something fun if you like satires. Uh, and this one, of course, is blended with horror, but it's also a comedy. So that's out there. Uh, but the ones that I did get to see this weekend, I actually just went this morning and saw Elemental, which is the new animated movie from Disney Pixar. And it is so good. I really, really enjoyed it. But um, it's it's really, you know, beautifully animated. I mean, my eyes just could not take it in. It was just so well done. But it's really, at the heart of the movie, it's a story about immigration and the hardship that comes along with that and the pressure on the next generation to live up to the sacrifices of their parents you know but at this one it's you know a, a place called element city and you've got um fire and water who don't mix don't mix clearly yeah who um their paths cross and um, they try to figure out a way to live together while saving the fire community. Um, but it is really, really well done. I will say it's about an hour and 43 minutes. But one of the bonuses is there's a pre-short film, and it's called Carl's Date. Now, we know Carl from the movie Up. So this is that Carl. Um, and it is really cute. He... um you know, he's going on a date, and it's just all of the fun that goes along with him trying to remember what it's like to date, because as we know from the movie Up, he was married to the love of his life forever. And um so, anyway, it's just a cute little short film. So that tags about 10 minutes onto it, so keep that in mind. Uh, if you've got a little one, you know, you may want to wait and get there late if watching that short film is not important to you and you don't think your kid can handle because they lose their attention, attention span. I've always said that. Why they put all that long when it's a kid's movie? Because I'm like, you got like an hour out of this kid, and then I'm losing. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, like in and, terms of attention. Yeah, and the funny thing is, is after the short film was over, there were several little kids, like two, three-year-olds in there, and they all jumped up. Let's go. <laughs> I mean, they thought it was over, you know. Bless so. it. Yeah, yeah. I got my popcorn. I got yeah. my candy. That was cute. <laughs> On to the next thing. Yeah. But anyway, it's really, really well done. And I, I can't recommend it enough. It is PG-17. 
So um, anyway, I think it's for any age kid. I think they'll like it. Um, and then the other new big one this weekend is The Flash. And this is part of the DC world. This movie has been just problematic from day one because, I mean, there's just so much drama behind the scenes. Um, and, you know, they've been trying to get this movie off the ground since, like, the 80s. And it just year after year, it gets pushed. And then it became a part of this new DC world that we're seeing. Um, and its actor, Ezra Miller, uh, has a lot of issues. After the film was made, was filmed, um, it came to light that he had all kinds of um, charges out there, assault charges. Um, I mean, just all kinds of things he's been accused of. So the studio had to try to save face. They were trying to make a decision. All right, do we scrap this movie because of what's going on with him? Or what do we do next? And um, they decided he pu- he got some help for his he he publicly acknowledged he had some mental health issues and needed some attention. And so he is currently in the process of, of getting that treatment. Um, and he's made all of his apologies and they have pretty much pulled him from any kind of publicity for this movie. So they've released it. And I will say it's PG 13 and it is a fun, fun movie. Um, especially if you are a fan of the DC world. I mean, you start off and, um, the flash has to help Batman and Wonder Woman stop a bank robbery. Um, and he's kind of at this point, you know, he's part of the Justice League, but he feels like an outsider. He feels like he's the janitor, which is what he calls himself. He just goes behind and cleans up the messes that they make when they're saving the world. And so, um, anyway, you know, that, that's kind of where we pick up. And, um, in the midst of helping Batman and Wonder Woman, he, revisits his childhood home where he is overwhelmed with emotion. His mother was killed when he was a young boy and overwhelmed with emotion. He accidentally turns back the clock, makes up his mind. He is going to go back and save his mother. And when he does that, he opens up just a Pandora's bunch of, box. yes. Yeah. And so, you know, the trend right now is all the multiverse stuff. And here we go. We've got another multiverse. But let me tell you, if you're a fan of the 80s and 90s DC movies, you are going to love every second of it. It's just a lot of fun um, to to see the way they did this. Now, th- it's no secret Michael Keaton is back in this one as Batman. And I did not know until I saw this movie how much I needed to see Michael Keaton be Batman again. He is so good. And for me, I felt like he kind of stole the movie. But um, anyway, it's really fun. You know, when it starts off, there's an opening sequence that's a little problematic for me as a mother. I don't want to spoil anything, but everything turns out okay. But then... Um, and some of the special effects aren't really great. I mean, I hate to say that, but it's really just a couple of scenes. But outside of that, it's really well done, very well acted. I thought Ezra Miller did a good job playing two roles uh, because you've got your current Flash and then you've got the Flash that he accidentally goes back to. 
so you know he's actually in scenes a lot um you know playing two roles so just a lot going on a lot of fun especially if you're a dc fan so if it's it's like in terms of pg-13 right there with marvel yeah, there is a partial nudity, which kind of surprised me. Why but I gotta do that? but nothing, nothing, you know, you don't really you know, I don't trust you, PG-13. You know what's going on, but you don't see. They call it PG-13. Anything. It's PG-43. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> I don't even need to be watching it. But there is a, a one bonus scene at the very, very end. So you have to, to stay till the very, very end. And I say stay. I think it's worth it. It's worth it. Yeah. Is there anything else that's still just knocking it out of the water if you hadn't seen it? Um, well, well I guess if it's knocking it out of the water, you've probably yeah. seen it. <laughs> Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is still... It almost beat Transformers last weekend. I mean, even though it had already been out two weeks and it was Transformers' first week, they came, like, within $5 million of each other. So, and I think it is getting a lot of repeat business because there's just so much to see. Um, Of course, Transformers is still out there. And The Little Mermaid, um, if you want to go hear the Jacksons sing ABC, (laughs) go check it out. (laughs) She doesn't sing that. (laughs) You'll be poorly disappointed. disappointed. When you said Batman, I always get tickled that um, in um, George Clooney is Batman in, oh, who has red hair? Um, Julia Roberts' um, phone. She has him saved in her phone as Batman because that's the one role that he feels like he bombed the yeah, most yeah. and he would love to like maybe forget that he ever played Batman and so she put him in her phone as Batman so whenever she calls or texts it comes up. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> it comes up sort of that way but there's probably a lot of folks that will appreciate having Michael Keaton back as. Yeah I think so. Um, as Batman in that one. Yeah you, you'll get to see several different Batman so keep your eyes open. How many have there been? A bunch. Oh. Superman that's got the bad juju on it right yeah right now they're in the middle of i think recasting that role so for superman or batman superman yeah you have to be crazy to yeah sign up for that (laughs) i mean you know you may if you're not superstitious you gotta be a little stitious yes (laughs) (laughs) all right stick with us we got more for you coming up next Rebecca Turner. She's smart and pretty. Good things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. The Little Mermaid probably would have sang this more than likely. I think so. Than the other one. My wife is actually watching Little Mermaid right now. Oh, you didn't want to go? No, you know, not my cup of tea. You could have went and saw The Flash. Uh, again, not my <laughs> Would you do that? Would you go to the movies with somebody but go see a different movie and then meet back up after? I've done that before. Have you? Yeah, well, my brother. You we say didn't, it we like... don't want to see the same movie, so we... Were you? Were you so, would you go see a movie solo? 
I've only done that one time, and that was... Hold on, so go back to the brother. If you didn't see it solo, would y'all both take dates and just go in separate places? No, we just had different movies we wanted to go watch. With different friends? No, we were by ourselves. Did your mom just drop both of you off? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. All right, I feel like there's more to that story. But would you go? (laughs) The only time I've ever gone really by my lonesome was uh, Star Wars for... I can't remember which movie it was. And it was because my mom literally did not want to go watch Star Wars. And so she said, you're on your own. I'm going to drop you off. I'll come pick you up after the movie's over with. I saw all of the Lord of the Rings and all the Hobbits by myself on Christmas Eve, except for maybe one. And I had met my husband by then. And it was because all my friends, like from college or whatever, were all, you know, there's nobody sort of around. And we weren't big Christmas. We don't have big family, big Christmas Eve thing. So after we did what we did do, I just want to do something. So I would go to Clinton and go to the, the movie theater there by myself, enjoy Lord of the Rings, and then, you know, truck it back to, to Terry. And then it became my thing because they, they came out every Christmas uh, yeah. for however long. And then it was just sort of like that was my tradition. And we've actually kept up uh, a movie tradition on Christmas Eve, um, not every single year, but most years, leave the kids with the parents and then get to go see a movie on on Christmas Eve because it's kind of just a downtime if you don't have like a big family that's yeah. got a lot going on past Supper sort of time, but that yeah, I have no problem. I prefer to go see movies um, alone. Well, you can't talk. Yeah, you can't talk. No. You know, and my wife, God bless her, but she talks during the whole movie. <laughs> She's like, I, I you know what I hate, and I am one hundred percent guilty. So if if the husband's listening, he is fissing to just blow a gasket at, at, because. But what I do hate, and my daughter's the worst at it. If we are both watching the same movie for the first time, I and know. you start asking me questions about the movie or like I the end plot, <laughs> and I'm like, I've seen as much of this movie as you have. I have absolutely no I, idea. <laughs> what do you attack him? I don't understand. See, I thought he, I thought they were friends. I don't know. I'm right here with you. And I am guilty of it, but I'll, I will admit when I am the receiver of it from from someone else, it's quite annoying to be like. She'll, it, it, we'll no, watch no, a Marvel movie. She'll be like, okay, okay, which character is that? What's their deal? Okay, what's, <laughs> what's the story on them? Oh, you should have seen me when. I, so I, you know, if you've listened to Good Things long enough, you know I saw the End Game first, and then that's that was my very first <laughs> um, introduction to Marvel anything, and then I had to backtrack because I was so intrigued, and the husband took me, and it was that was terrible because I was completely confused right and yeah. asking all these questions he's like oh my god i don't know let's just get to you the were end. the one person on earth <laughs> that actually did that yeah and i did i went sorry i said that i was like well now i'm interested and so and and backtrack sort of through them and so much more makes sense now when i watch the end game it just completely all um all came together uh that way i don't recommend it but it's the only way that i kind of know so like the dc i've I'm sure I've seen some in the franchise, but I couldn't name them. Um, sort of same way with uh, Star Wars as well. I've confessed to that. Lord of the Rings was like the only long-standing franchise that I, I watched the first one. Never read the books, but but kept with it. Haven't seen any Harry Potters either. Not in, not not that I wouldn't no. be into it. Just never got on board with it um, in that way. So uh, I mean, it's a commitment to watch all those things. I think. It- it is, but uh, especially the Marvel movies, not all of them you need to watch one before, but like the the Lord of the Rings, definitely you need to watch some before. Endgame, you would definitely need to watch some before. The Flash movie, probably not. 
the DC movies don't really have the continuity. So not, I mean, and spoiler alert, Iron Man dies, right, and in Endgame. Yeah. So imagine me knowing that now he, you know, he dies, and then I have to go back through. And, why, and everybody's crying but me. I'm like, why is everybody so attached to him? I'm like, what did he do? <laughs> She's like, he started it. He's he only in five excitement. minutes of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay. And then going back and watching the first one, so I was like, so this is why they like that yeah. guy. This is why it's such a, an emotional moment for for so many uh, for so many people. But I don't know. It's you know, you, you ever I, little weird thing too. Magazines, books. I read the last. Not the last page of like a book, but magazines I read from back to front. I've always no. done that. I turn it to the back and I flip from back to front. And then I'll go from front to back. Why do you do that? I have absolutely no idea. But it, it, I just feel bored with starting the traditional way. I want to know what's in the back and sort of flip through and then find my way to the front. That's weird. Try it. Okay, next time I find a magazine, <laughs> I will. Back to front, you know? Live your life backwards. Who knows? Stick with us, though. you got more coming up next. you got the boys. Remember, they are on location at M. Trey Park in Oxford. It's going to be a hot and good day of softball. But uh, right away, I'll meet you back here on Monday at 2. But until then, I hope you all find time for the good things. Talk Mississippi Media Production.